Hi everyone, this is Raven and Campbell from Musicals, and we'd Hello. like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep, we'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children, um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut up. That's, don't, don't, don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, I don't need you Enjoy that episode. I'm done with this. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Point. That's pretty good. The tequila, I don't know if it's just I the like tequila it. I use, but the tequila is a little like strong in there. But it's still very good. Like it's still balanced. Yeah. Huh. I have never had anything like this before. Same. This is such a this is one of the most like well balanced drinks I think I've ever had. If I'm being completely honest. That's fair. With such like wildly different, different ingredients. Flavors. Yeah. Um Happy Halloween, Raven. Happy Halloween, Campbell. This wonderful August day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like at like theme parks and stuff, like Disney, where they record the Christmas Day parade in like July. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly what we're doing, listeners. Also, because uh, yesterday was my birthday, and Halloween's my favorite, so this was mine and Raven. We both have the day off today, um, in the middle of the week, so this is a little treat for ourselves. Yeah. Okay, so instead of talking about what we've been listening to, Raven, I have two questions for you. Okay. I know you did not celebrate Halloween a lot as a child, which is a shame because I had a Halloween thirty uh, Halloween birthday party as a small child in August, and I still have the decorations, which are just forever in my home. But what is your favorite Halloween or, like, monster October whatever related song and what is your favorite halloween costume you've ever worn okay so for song i would say like if it's like an actual song i would say thriller by michael jackson just because it's always perfect always fits i've also done the full dance to thriller for a halloween orchestra concert before and it was super fun um but as like a if we're going general like musical piece I really love Into the Hall of the Mountain King. I just think it has such a cool rhythm and melody. And it just, like, it just gives you that perfect, like, spooky vibe, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, if you, uh, if somehow we, like, get in a place to our lives that we can have, like, you know, a foyer, th- that's the kind of music I want people to listen to while they're entering. That's the vibe I want. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, as far as costume, I would have to say, okay, so again, I guess I have two picks. One for like sentimental reasons and one because it's my actual favorite. So um, sentimental reasons, my first ever time dressing up for Halloween was in seventh grade um, because that was like literally, I think it was like two days before Halloween. Um, my parents sat me and my sisters down and she's like, okay, we have changed our minds. You were allowed to celebrate Halloween and read like books about magic and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so didn't really have time to like buy a costume. I mean, we probably could have had time to buy a costume. Didn't have time to buy a costume, but my dad had this like Darth Vader mask. So mm. I, uh, so I took his mask and then I used like a black trash bag as like a cape. And I wore like all black. And then me and my sister had these little like plastic lightsabers. Um, and I had the Anakin Skywalker one that switches from like blue to red. Perfect. Or she did, and I stole it. Either way, one of us had it. Um, so <laughs> I dressed up as uh, Darth Vader as my first ever Halloween costume. Which is, uh, it fits. <laughs> I see it. I see that for you. Uh, um, and then my actual favorite, a couple years ago, I dressed up as one of the muses from Hercules, and it was oh, fantastic. Because that's how you live your life. And <laughs> not to get too early with the 30 Rock reference, but uh, like when Jenna was petitioning the Tony Awards had a category for um, living, uh, <laughs> living theatrically. theatrically in real life. Uh, when I think, when you told me you always wanted to like be one of the muses for from Hercules for Halloween, and I was like, the motion I did to you, I was like, so you could like wear, you know, the garb, and then go like this. No one can see what we're doing, but it's like you're like pushing your arms out and up, like while you're singing. It's it's the um, muse arm motion. It's the it's the it's the muse arm motion. It's from like a iconic. star is born in the song. Yeah, yeah. And so like I, so I motioned her her to do that. I remember saying that's exactly what I want to do. That's exactly why I'm doing. And I did it. Oh, uh, good because I'm sure. And you probably lived your best life that night. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like it's fitting because. I felt like the three uh, women singing, so um, Tisha Campbell, Rochelle from Everybody Hates Chris, and um, whoever the other lady was. um, There, I mean, there was three of them. Yes, I feel like Tisha Campbell. So that uh, who played Rochelle from Everybody Hates Chris? um, That's Tashina Arnold. Yeah, that's her name. Then Michelle Weeks. That's right. Um, But I feel like they are the muses of this movie. Because they just like oh, come spoiler. in and start singing. We're, we're spoiler, we're talking about Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess we hadn't said that yet. Anyway, Campbell. I mean, it's a spoiler because of the title. That's fair. Um, Campbell, what, what was your favorite uh, Halloween song and costume growing up? Okay, so I think for song, it's a tie between like the Adams Family theme song um, and Come Little Children from Hocus Pocus. Oh, that is a good song. Yeah. Um, and then favorite costume, which is very difficult because I like to. Like, I'm always disappointed when I don't, like, feel like I have enough time to prep for a Halloween costume because I just think it's really fun. Um, And I say this like I don't think about it starting in, like, November. Um, (laughs) I always have a backup backup costume. Wait, do you mean, like, you start planning the next year's Halloween costume in November of the current year? I I just have a running list of things that would be cool to do and then off and on forget, remember it. Gotcha. So I always have a backup costume, which is Cameron Fry from Ferris Bueller. Makes um, sense. Checks out. Checks out. 
um, based off of everything. The everything um, about you, yes. But I think my favorite was when me and my friend, our friend, Yasmin, we were in undergrad, and we were two contestants on the Nickelodeon game show, Legends from the Hidden Temple, in the Hidden Ta- Temple. From, I think? Legends of, neither. Um, Legends of the Hidden Temple. And so we were blue barracudas, and then we had, like, you know, khaki shorts and, like, arm pads, knee pads. We spray-painted, um, like, skater, like, helmets gold, mm-hmm. and then acted a fool the entire nice. night. Um, that sounds super because, fun. Yeah, because, like, yeah, we went to a bunch of parties. We were, like, going, like, just running, acting amok through Richmond. It was so much fun. And, like, random people random people <laughs> would shout at us and be like, hey, you're from that show from my childhood. And we're like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then they would, like, high-five us because you can give high-fives because it wasn't the pandemic. Um, and then we'd, like, just act a fool all night long. And I think I think that has been my favorite costume. Nice. It was a fun one. Okay. Now that we've already spoiled it, Campbell, would you like to introduce which musical we watched for this uh, Halloween special episode? Yes, we will be talking about the 1986 version of uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Wild movie. Wild. I loved everything about it. <laughs> My friends were surprised that I haven't seen this before. I was talking to like one of them over the phone. I like wrapped her watch. I was like, okay, so I just watched this. And they were like, it's a very you movie, Campbell. I can 100% see that. Yeah. And so then what we're drinking for it. Um, we found this, I wanted to, like, find, because this is a very unique movie, I didn't want to find just any old, somewhat related drink. Yeah. I want to get, like, really creative with it, and I stumbled upon this wonderful recipe created from the people at the Velveteen Lounge uh, Kitchen, which you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, and it is, I didn't expect the different ingredients to meld together so good as they are because there's a bunch of different things going on with it but it's the perfect uniqueness that i was looking for yeah for us to drink for this movie so it is called the audrey jr based off of the plant monster from the original 1960s movie i guess not original because it was like based off a book but whatever um and it's called audrey 2 in this musical that we're talking about but what it is, you have, like, uh, silver tequila, Midori, plant juice, lime juice, shaken with ice, strained into a cocktail glass, and you top it with ginger beer and garnish with mint. Um, and when I say plant juice, I mean, like, one of those kind of, like, vegetable green smoothie-like things you can find at the grocery store. Yeah, like, naked, V8, like, any of that stuff. Yeah, so, um, which, when I first saw these things together, I was like, this... Seems very interesting. Let's <laughs> do it. And so after, you know, a few sips, I am pleasantly surprised. It's so good. Um, Velveteen Lounge Kitchen, congratulations. You done it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> far exceeded any expectations of any drink with that kind of like plant juice in it. Um, obvi- well, it's very obvious. You all know what you're doing with this. So yeah. thank you for this drink. Yeah. Because I... I love it. I, I, it's, man, it's just, 
and I haven't had Midori in a long time. I've never it had just, Midori before. It just feels like these ingredients like shouldn't work together. Yeah. Um, because they're very distinct flavors from one another, but seamlessly integrated in this recipe, which will be included with episode description. So yeah, and I I checked out the recipe or their website as well, and they have a bunch of other like really cool, unique recipes. So like definitely go check them out. They are doing a lot of really cool things with uh with drink cocktails and all that other stuff. Yeah. So with that. Let's talk about kind of the background for Little Shop of Horrors. So, Little Shop of Horrors, um, it's kind of, um, originally it was like premiered in 1982 uh, at the workshop of the Players Art Theater um, and then opened off-Broadway like the same year. Um, it was directed by like the book writer and lyricist Howard uh, Ashman. Um and it was pretty popular. Um, they, like, were a proposition to, like, transfer it to Broadway. But they were like, no, I, I, we like what this is. Like, what this is. Yeah. So it's definitely, like, that kind of uniqueness that was captured, like, off-Broadway. Um, they, like, really, really enjoyed. And then it was um, adapted to film in 1986. Um with Frank Oz. Um, and then since then there was, it has been on Broadway, but the, it is such a highly referenced musical. Uh, I've never seen it before. Raven's never seen it before, but like after watching it, there was like parts of it. I was like, Oh, I've seen that referenced in like everything. Yeah. And like, like suddenly Seymour, that song, like I've seen it referenced. Oh, which and, I, yeah, I, I love that song. Yeah. I've, like, I've heard it before. Like I've seen a reference. And, uh, a lot of times when people were talking about, um, like kind of iconic musicals and songs and stuff like that, like that song comes up a lot. And so it was really cool to actually see the movie or see the musical that it's from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Starting off. Exterior. <laughs> the prologue. The prologue. Little Shop of Horrors song. I love that we got like like the Star Wars text on the screen, like kind of. Oh, oh yeah, let's. That was so funny because <laughs> this movie is like meant to like not be taken serious seriously, obviously. Um, but it is when you like parody like different things like that, um, but still like hold like such good quality. Sometimes like rivaling things that are parodying. Yes, you know this is going to be a fun fun time yeah and i i just think the introduction of it like i think this musical did like overall and starting here like did a really good job of being very comedic um and like kind of towing the line of like there's a lot of little things like are kind of just in there to to be parody to be like a little satirical maybe um but it's still like a solid standalone musical that's like iconic in its own way you know yeah yeah. Um, yeah, so we get into the prologue, um, and they're introducing, um, with the song, like, Little Shop of Horrors, and we see our <laughs> free muses, uh, our, our doo-wop girls. so fucking talented. They're amazing. I literally, my very first note that I wrote for this movie was just, Rochelle? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing yeah. here? <laughs> okay, so we, uh, so we have Tisha Campbell Martin, uh, played Chiffon, uh, if you don't know her, 
how watch anything. Uh, uh, she was Gina and Martin, uh, Janet and my <laughs> wife and kids, just to name a couple. Um, there's Michelle Weeks who played Ronette, which uh, she was in this uh, teenage, uh, not teenage, TV movie Norman's Corner. She didn't have like a lot of like other credits, which is such a shame because she is so talented. She's so talented. I, it's crazy. And Their then we harmonies have, were wild. Anyway, continue. I, they're, uh, man, going back from like belting out those notes to singing like the, just like talking like, watch out. Like that, yeah. like just within itself, that like change in like um, tone, incredibly impressive. And then Tashina Arnold played Crystal. Rochelle, everybody hates Chris. Hashtag Pamela best Martin. TV mom. <laughs> best TV mom. I, oh, she's so great. <laughs> my family loves everybody hates Chris so much. It's uh, man. When yeah, I thought the same thing. I like saw her say. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! It's uh, my man. family would like quote and reference and watch everybody hates Chris like religiously growing up. Yeah, constantly. Like, what do you want for dessert? Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> just had one, one big cookie. cookie. Literally, just the other day, I was paying my um, I was paying my credit card bill, and I had a flashback to the episode where the dude is like, "Ma'am, you can't pay a credit card bill with a credit card," and she's like, "Why not?" Yes, you can. It's called transferred balance. Uh, <laughs> happens all the time. Get a new card uh, with uh, uh, no interest for a certain time for transfer balances, so you can work off the credit card. Like debt over a longer period True. of time with no interest. That's how you do it. Hashtag Susie or you have this to, bitch. But you have to pay it off. That, oh yeah, yes, that's you trick. do still have to pay it off. Listeners, <laughs> you pay off it. your debt. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, what a good show. Uh, but these, uh, this song is so catchy. I literally had it stuck in my head for the entirety of the movie. Yeah. Um, and I loved. Uh, it's. I'm really struggling to find the words to describe this because I love this song so much. I haven't stopped listening to it. Yeah. Um, especially when they're like, oh, you better watch out. And like, they're just like vibing with the music. And they just like, they, they just seem so into it. And there's so much energy. And it's like that perfect kind of like doo-woppy, jazzy sort of sound. And it's just, it's so perfect. And they have like little bits where like, it's almost like, um, I forget which song it's in, but where they have like, five guys sta- just standing on the street that are singing that kind of like join with them in like a barbershop quartet kind of way um yeah, or i guess quintet. quintet yeah but it's <laughs> uh it's just so good and then i thought it was really funny um because in the beginning so this song is basically telling everyone to like watch out for the little shop of horrors something's coming to get them yeah they're not safe um and i love the the difference between at first they're like uh Look out, look out, look out, look out. Um, telling people, like, watch out for the monster. Mm-hmm. But the second time they do it is because they almost got hit by a car. So they're, like, <laughs> yelling at the driver. Yeah. They're like, hey. But, like, musically, <laughs> they're like, step the fuck off. Yeah. I do. We're okay. walking here. I will say the only thing that bothered me about this song. Well, not the song, but the scene is when they're walking outside in the rain. And I'm just like. And they're not wet. Well, okay, even if they, like, whether they're wet or not, I'm just like, those better be wigs, because there is no way, there is no way three black women are getting their press and curl wet. Ain't ain't happening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it's a movie, so 
Um, but also, yes, they they were not wet in the slightest. Them. Yeah. And then, okay, so everyone just needs to listen to that song. And then you'll just, like, understand us not really speaking to it, but trying to. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then, um, so then we go into, um, we see the shop itself. What is it, like, Mushnik's? Uh, yeah. florist shop or something like that? It is a florist I, shop. I, I don't know straight, what the I, name of it is. I straight up don't know, and I don't care. That's fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then uh, we see him and Seymour, um, and Seymour is just oh. breaking everything in the basement. Yeah. Um, also, just like some other like people in the beginning of the prologue, that like deep, like ominous voice, that's Bill Mitchell. Okay. Um, and then we also have like the narrator, Stan Jones. Um, who is also, like, the narrator in Super Friends, which I was really jazzed to hear about. Um, and then, so we have Vincent Gardenia as Mr. Mushnick, um, who is the fantastic actor. He was been in, um, Moonstruck, The Hustler. Um, he, like, won a Tony Award, um, featured actor, like, in the drama The Prisoner of Second Avenue. Um, very talented, dramatic actor, who was perfect as this kind of shop, like, hard-ass shopkeeper, kind of greedy yeah, vibe. And then we have uh, Seymour Krellborns, played by um, Rick Moranis, who, if you don't know him, how? Yeah. Um, so he was in the Honey, We Shrunk the Kids um, I love that movie. <laughs> series. It, yeah, it was a series. Because we have, yeah, we have like Honey, We Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Loved all of them. He was Dark Helmet in Spaceballs. Yes. Mel Brooks. Um, which, he, I know, he was huge. And then he did like retire from acting after like his wife passed away um, to like take care of her ki- his kids like back in 1997. But like he did do some like voice over work stuff like that he was um i've never seen this movie but i'm pretty sure you have raven uh brother bear yes uh, he was rut in brother bear does that mean i didn't you? know that okay cool. yeah i love brother bear i think it's such a good movie yeah so just total clumsy ass person um when he like because it's like a plant flower shop and he like knocked down like shelves worth of plants and i was heartbroken <laughs> i like thought back to like raven knows which friend i'm talking about but she really loved her plants they were like on their back porch and then this one guy that was over kind of like knocked it over and she went my plants <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that was amazing. and that was the vibe of this scene and i really feel that because i'm like trying to get more into like plants um and i love them so much i've given them names and if wow. anything happened to them i would I wouldn't be happy because I've like not killed these. Yeah. See, I'm terrible with plants. I like I like plants. I like like looking at them. <laughs> plants. Raven approved. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. But like I I like looking at the plants in the sense of, like I'll go to like a botanical garden, walk around for a little bit. An arbor. And then and yeah. And like an arboretum, love them. And then I take my ass back home. What I don't do is bring the forest into my apartment. Um, however, I have many friends that do like to do that, and I kill plants all the time. Because here's the thing, if a plant is dying because you haven't fed it, like, given it, like, nutrients or water or anything, it doesn't tell you. It just dies, okay? That's why you need to get good starter plants, so plants you can't kill. No, see, that's why I just get cats who will yell at me if I forget to feed them. (laughs) 
Yeah, you need to get some plants. Uh, be, your roommate's been like doing stuff with plants. Mm-hmm, and that's it's only all benefited her. you. That is all. They are very pretty. I love them. Our balcony looks like a botanical garden. And it's gorgeous. Um, but like the one time she asked me to water them, I forgot for like a week. Anyway, low shop of horrors. <laughs> My plants. Um, okay, so we like kind of figure out like. The time period, like, JFK's, like, on the radio. Yeah. Um, John F. Kennedy. Um, if people don't know that for some reason. Um, and then we find out that, like, weird thing happened. And we also, like, heard this, um, in the prologue, September 23rd, that there was this weird eclipse that happened that no one understands. It, like, it, there wasn't supposed to be a solar eclipse. Yeah. Which is um, odd. No one seemed to think anything of it. They just yeah, go on living their lives. <laughs> and then we see uh, the character Audrey walk in, played by Ellen Green, who also was a part of the off-Broadway production as Audrey yeah. for Little Shop of Horrors. And also, and she's been in a lot of things. She's been in like, The Young and the Restless, Heroes, a bunch of other TV shows. But she came back to reprise her role in like 2015, with, like, Jake Gyllenhaal as uh, Seymour. And that. they described it, like, her coming on stage, singing, doing her thing, kind of like a, like a master class, world-famous opera singer mm-hmm. being introduced into a concert hall. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of adoration she had in 2015. And this is, like, reprising a role in 2015 from a... Night for her, nineteen eighty two, nineteen eighty three performance. Yeah, you know you're great. Yeah, yeah, and like she, she is so talented. Like when we got to um, suddenly see more, like she did not have to put Rick Moranis in the dust like that. <laughs> right? Like, why why did she do, do him like so that. dirty? <laughs> like she started singing, and I was just like, "What? What is this voice? Where did these pipes come from?" Oh man, because like her voice, uh, her introduction. Is, like, she, like, comes in, she has, like, a bunch of, like, overly done makeup, like, a lot of eyeshadow. Yeah. And we find out it was to hide a black eye from her abusive boyfriend. That did not work. Um, which, yeah, it did not work. Um, because she didn't make it the same size on both eyes. That's which, true. Like, you could have just gone more on the other eye. But anyway, and, like, she comes in and her voice is very, like, her character is, is like, meant to be kind of, like, ditzy kind of like the voice of olive oil from like popeye yeah yeah she's got um, very like very breathy airy high voice nasally kind yeah. of like that's yeah that's like what we're introduced as her character and mr mushnick is like you need to like stay away from that guy he's no good for you and uh yeah my notes are audrey got beat up by a shit bag and then followed by <laughs> no shit mr mushnick so i have a lot of thoughts about it um <laughs> And then Seymour comes in and, like, breaks all these pots. Yeah. Like, honestly, he went full Get weight. a cart! <laughs> he like, he was carrying, like, what, three trays of pots? It was, like, multiple, like, levels of pots. And I understand, because he, like, lives there, um, that like, you're bringing pots up from the basement. I understand that. But, like, once you get up, so you were fine going upstairs, but on, like, flat ground. Yeah, I say like I don't trip over nothing constantly. <laughs> I like, which is so annoying. I have to like consciously think when I'm walking, because I, it's and it's embarrassing. But like I trip over my feet a lot because I don't pick up my feet. The only time I like 
can re- remind myself to do it if I do like like heel roll the foot like toes up kind of thing like you would do in like marching band. Yeah. <laughs> um that's how I know not to fall while walking. So that's fun. Interesting. Raven says totally judging everything about just, me. Just um, a little bit. Yeah. And then um Yeah, so Audrey is like late. Like it's like they're almost closed and she was like, Oh sorry I'm late, but she was like getting like beaten by her boyfriend. Yeah. Also um, they had like no customers, so it didn't matter. Oh yeah. And also, can we talk about this store? How it's a plant store, but there's no plants <laughs> anywhere. I honestly There's like it's like those like minimalist, like social influencer stores that have like this one big like handcraft wooden table, but it'll have like an antique like milk jug on it. And that's yeah. the only thing they're selling on it. And it's just you like know, what is what is the store? What is the point of this? Yeah, but they're just unsuccessful, so Yeah, like I, I remember for the first like the twenty until until they actually until that guy came in and was like asking about the plant and was just like, Oh well then I guess I'll just take roses then like that was the point where I was just like, Oh, this is a flower shop. Got it. Because they were, oh, yeah. I, like, at first I thought, like, they said, like, the accounts and stuff. At, at some point, I did have a thought. I was like, are they, like, a like a shitty law firm or something? Like, there was points where I didn't know that they were a flower plant shop. Yeah. I knew, I knew that they were some sort of store, but I thought maybe they were just, like, a miscellaneous type of store. And that, like, Seymour was just growing plants. He was just growing that plant himself for his own fun. And they were just like, oh, it's cool. It'll attract customers. But I had no clue that they were actually trying to sell plants because yeah. you saw zero of them. So anyway, so then, um, like people start like leaving. Um, and we see, uh, Chiffon, Ronette, uh, and Crystal outside. So it's really cool that you have like, uh, the muses to my heart is how I'm going to describe them. <laughs> Henceforth. Um, but they're also like characters. Yeah. I like that, that interact with people. So they're like, um, like teenagers, like they're students. Um, and they're like, yeah, these like start skipping school or stop school. Like after fifth grade, they're like, shouldn't you be in school? The exact quote was, yeah, we're on the split shift. Yeah. We go till fifth grade and then we split. And I was like, Which, like that's so uh, clever. I like that. Yeah. There were a lot of uh, clever little like one liners in this movie that I really liked. Mostly by them. Yes. Cause they, I mean, they're just them. They're funny. Yeah, and so then we get to the song, um, Skid Row, uh, Downtown. Yes. Um, which... Who, do you know who the woman was that opened the song? Because... Yes, I did, because she was so amazing. Hypes. Okay, her name is Bertrice Reading. Um, she was like, um, and like a few things, not a lot, which is such a shame um, but, like, for her debut on Broadway, which was in um, William Faulkner's Requiem for a Nun, okay. um, she was nominated for Best Supporting or Featured Actress, like, in a drama. To, like, be nominated for your first debut for something? Wild. Wild. Um, but she was also, there's this, like, kind of, like, cabaret, like, on TV. Like, she was in, like, episodes of that. And she also um, played Lola in The Moon in the Gutter. Um, okay. But, man. Okay, so Skid Row, this song is basically 
um, due to uh, racist housing laws and environmental racism, downtown is worse off for um, people discriminated against, which yes. plagues the nation. Um, and it's completely wild that, like, a lot of these kinds of, like, laws and, like, um, institutionals and systematic, like, racism and, um, like, endeavors are, like, still in practice. Still, like, yeah. And I didn't know if they were supposed to be in, like, any specific city within the U.S., but, like, honestly, it would apply to any sort of inner city environment. So, I think the original film was L.A., but the musical is New York. Okay. I was definitely getting a, like, Chicago or New York vibe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because, like, that that applies to, like, Chicago, Detroit, D.C., New York, like, any, any Where, of those type of cities, honestly. And, like, talking about, like, this kind of, like, environmental racism, specifically, it's when, like, these, like, huge businesses, industries will build their, like, factories um, in low-income areas. Because it's cheaper. Um, because it's cheaper, because, you know, systematically, it was built to be that way. So all the, like, downsides to, like, having, like, smog, fumes, runoff. Um, and it's, like, even yeah, chemical to, waste, hazardous waste, like, all that stuff. Yeah, even, like, stuff that, like, like, yes, things go to, like, a wastewater treatment plant and, like, things like that. But there's still, like, a smell in a lot of these different industries. And there's still, like more it's more hazardous living spaces that these industries are building specifically for low income areas yes yeah so that you know the people benefiting from these businesses don't have the adverse effects of making them yeah yeah and so also if you build something like this in a low income area that's also easier um for like cheaper labor yeah cuz then you know you have like a workforce pretty right at your doorstep Yep. So because they need um, the work to survive. So that's like a lot of those things like play into like the feelings of people living downtown in the song Skid Row, um, where they say um, like the cabs don't stop for them. The food sucks. They have to they have to travel for work like uptown for Mm -hmm. all the hoity toity people. Yeah, and basically just talking about how. I like just how adverse their how adverse their mm-hmm. conditions and their situation is, and how like all of them use like multiple characters singing about how they're just like dreaming of a way to get out of where they're of where they are and like where they live and have a better life for themselves, including both Seymour and um, Audrey. Yeah, and so we hear more about uh, Seymour's past. Like he's an orphan; he's always been poor. Uh, Mushnik like gave him a home and a job. Uh, but is also like, but he like treats me like a slob, like. But then he says, "Cause I am one." And I'm like, "Oh, cause I am Seymour. one." Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think, and I think this is the beginning of seeing, especially like Seymour's kind of like low self esteem and self image and everything. Literally, say depression is the status quo. Yes, and that becomes really important with his and Audrey's sort of like relationship because you can tell that Audrey obviously has like insecurity self-esteem issues uh for many reasons not the least of which is the fact that she's currently being abused um by her boyfriend um but like i I feel like that is a really big part of the of their like developing relationship and it um plays an important part in their romance as well yeah and then uh the final note um 
the company did a really good job holding that out. I thought, like, that was... There's, like, different musicals and stuff where, like, someone, like, holds a note for a long time, but it's usually just, like, a singular character or something yeah. like this. This was everyone. Was they were just, everyone. like... Ugh. And so that was... It that was, was so cool. well done. It was really cool. Yeah. And then... Okay. So then they're, like, in the store. They're in the shop. And then no one's coming in. Is the typical, like, time sequence, but they, like, change places, and they're, like, obviously really cool. not doing anything. It was hilarious. Um... And I was, this is like the area I was like, not a lot of plants in the store. And so, uh, Mr. Mushnik's like, I think I'm going to shut this down. It's not working. Yeah. And then Audrey says, Oh, you know, Seymour, you have that really strange and interesting plant that you've been taking care of. Like, you should bring it up and show Mr. Mushnik and you can put it out and might like attract customers. And so he goes to get this, um, this like weird plant. Um, and Mr. Mushnik's just like, us just putting a plant out is not going to attract customers. And I was just like, okay, but it is though because you're a plant shop. Oh yeah, <laughs> I feel like. And like also, I feel like putting plants on display should name, be a critical part of your business plan. Yeah, the plant's <laughs> name is Audrey Two, which like yikes. Um, that's that's weird. <laughs> it's so weird. He calls him uh calls it a uh, Tui, which I think is a fun. I think that's thing. so cute. <laughs> And then, like, immediately puts the plant out. It's supposed to be some kind of, like, small, like, fly trap kind of plant. Yeah. Puts it out. And then immediately, it's like, do you think putting one exotic plant in the window will make people come in? And then immediately the, like, the f- version of, like, flower as a spice customer um, <laughs> kind of guy comes in. like, wow, I noticed the exotic plant in your window. And I thought, I should come in. Which I thought there's like so many like one like one liners from random characters. Yes. That like are some of my favorite characters. Like this guy for sure. So excuse um, me, I couldn't help but notice that strange and interesting plants. <laughs> yeah, so played by Christopher Guest, who's like, you know, Saturday Night Live, Princess Bride, uh really well known for his mockumentaries. Um, like this is Spinal Tap for your consideration, best in show. Mm-hmm. Um Married to Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, very well known actor, and yeah. just for like that one line, I was like, perfect. I love this. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then he asked him about like, oh, like where did you find this plant? Like it's so cool, blah blah. blah. And so we get into the song "Dadu," where Seymour is explaining uh, how he found the plant. Which again, okay, so he basically explains that um, he that there was the it was he was out looking for plants and stuff like for the shop and like to take care of. And the solar eclipse happened, and then during the solar eclipse, something happens that he doesn't know, and then he turned around and the plant was there. And I'm just like, so this random solar eclipse happens that no one predicted it, no one knew was happening, came literally out of nowhere, then a random, like, plant that you've never seen before that is unlike, that with the exception of, like, sort of being similar to a Venus flytrap, is pretty much unlike any plant you've ever seen in your life randomly appears on a stand you've already looked at that you know wasn't there before and you're just like this is cool i'll take it home like what living in the 60s <laughs> we'll save it for hairspray but um yeah wild <laughs> and so like the man who was like he would get exotic like cuttings of different plants from um obviously did like i don't know if he was like part of it but he what happened was there was this plant that wasn't there before and it was like, Oh, this wasn't here before, but how much? No follow up questions. 
And he was like, dollar ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the sixties. That was a decent amount of money back in the sixties. Yeah. yeah. And so and I really like this song. It's very because um the muses to my heart um were <laughs> the I mean, Dadu was like literally what they sang. Yes. Like very duopy, just as emphasis for Seymour speaking. Not singing, speaking. Yes. But it was, Which, it was really cool the way it was done. I liked it. Yeah. Which you, you, we've seen in like other things since then, but I assume this is where it started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so we get back and the guy's just like, um, oh, I, does he ask, he asks something and then they're just like, oh, he, he's like, yeah, he was like, I'd like $50 worth of roses. And they're like, of course. And they like panic. And then he's like, do you have, can you break a hundred? And they're like, no. <laughs> and he's like, and he well, like, I guess I'll take double that. <laughs> yeah, I'll get twice as many. Um, um but yeah, like, I, I and, thought it was funny because he, I think he like asked something about the plan. He was like, oh, cool. Like, that's whatever. I'll leave. And then he was just like, actually, while I'm here, I might as well buy like basically a hundred dollars worth of roses. And it's yeah. just like, this is like, it was, it was very much a, like a satirical, like, this is what everyone thinks will happen. Like you put something cool and new and fresh out and then people come in the store, don't intend to buy anything, but then yeah, I have like one sip left. Okay. Don't intend to buy anything, but they're just like, you know what? I'll just blow a hundred dollars while I'm here. You know? Wild. Yeah. Okay. Second drink. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, a hundred dollars worth of roses. Um, and then we get into this fun mon- montage with, like, an upbeat version of, like, Little Shop of Horrors in the background while all these, like, rich people come in because they saw Audrey 2. Yeah. This is um, one lady. One of the ones I really like is this one lady comes in and she's just like, oh my gosh, it's peculiar. <laughs> I don't know why. I just loved that so much. Oh, also cheers. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Clink. Clink. Clunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have a Bruce Sky, <laughs> Pizzap, Glinky, Glinky, Glinky. <laughs> Those are not in the right sound effects. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I love Jenna Maroney. Um, yeah. Um, so then, yeah. So it's this montage of like all these people like coming into the store, coming specifically to see the plant, and then buying just like dozens of uh, flowers and plants and stuff like that while they're there. Um, so the store starts doing incredibly well. And then um, Mr. Mushnick says like, oh, you know, like we're doing so well. I want to take you all out to dinner, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Audrey's just like, oh, I can't. I have a date with her abusive boyfriend. And Mr. Mushnick is just like, you got to stop seeing that guy. And she's just like, oh, like, and she says something along the lines of like, oh, but like he's my man or like what? like He's a rebel, but he makes good money. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, oh, oh, girl, do better for yourself. But, um, but yeah, and then we see that Audrey 2 starts, like, wilting. Um, and so Mr. Mushling is just like, uh, you gotta stay, you Seymour have to stay here and take care of the plan and get it, like, looking good again and everything. Um, and so he's trying, like, he takes it back down to the basement, tries to, like, water it, give it, like, plant food and like, all that stuff. Um, so then we get into the song Grow For Me. Which I related to this song so much. 
for like trying to like because I there's some plants I've gotten that are like clearly dying, but yeah. that's how like I got them, and I'm just like trying to save it. That's why I just stick with living, healthy animals. My spider plant, it was, like, dying. But then, like, the ends were really healthy, so I was able to propagate it and, like, replant it and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's doing really well now. But after a while, I was just like, please, please live. But it was too much, like, root rot and stuff like that. So this entire song is basically um, Seymour singing to the plant and being like, I have tried literally everything I can think of. I've been raising plants my whole life. Nothing is working. Please it's just grow for me. Very, uh, like, kind of like a ballad, like, asking for, like, a chance forgiveness to, like, a lover. Yes. Because, like, all the music in this musical is very, like, doo-wop or, like, bluesy or, like, Motown or, like, straight <laughs> up, like, rock and roll. Yeah. Um, so, uh man. Yeah. But instead of a lover... It is a vampiric plant. Which we find out. Yes. Um, uh, the lyric, how I missed you, like misting it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so at the end, uh, he, like, ha- oh, he, like, went to pick up a rose and the thorn, like, pricked his finger. Um, and so he's, like, uh, he starts bleeding. And then you see the plant start making, like, Suckling? suckling? Yeah, yeah, suckling sounds. Which I did not like. I did not care for in the slightest. Um, and so then he, like, uh, he gets in, he's like, oh, like, I guess you want blood? And I literally just wrote down, fucking vampire plant. Brilliant. Yeah. But and then, like, he, like, goes to, like, touch it and, like, tries to, like, bite it or whatever. I was like, stop trying to touch it. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, I found out this plant needs blood to live. And like, yes, Audrey too is a metaphor for uh, Seymour's greed and his uh, ability to like displace morality mm-hmm. um, for like capitalistic gains and social status, whatever. That's weird, <laughs> dude. Oh, what it- plants? You know, he knows everything about plants, so he knows a lot about plants. And you know that when they one, don't like, need blood. And again, and again, this is a mystery plant that you, that appeared out of nowhere during a solar eclipse that wasn't supposed to happen. And now it wants blood and you're just like, this is fine. I literally (laughs) wrote down, now it's got the taste, idiot. Um, (laughs) it did remind me, it made me think of that, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but, um, the YouTuber, uh, Caleb City, the Caleb City account where like he has this video, uh, like a comedy video that's like, um, first the first venus flytrap uh yeah you should watch it right now it's it's fairly short but it's so funny yeah but yeah it made me it made me think of that because it's just like yeah like now we have oh, to taste I know blood. him from vine yeah 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 he's been doing like um comedy like videos and satire and stuff like for a long time huh. <laughs> plants vine <laughs> anyway the spooky ass plant um yeah, now it's got the taste, and then, like, he goes upstairs, and then immediately grows in size. Um, and, like, I'm gonna talk more about, like, the puppeteering later, but how they were able to, like, make Audrey 2, like, grow and move, incredibly impressive. Yes! I was Which, thinking about because, that during some of the songs. Because, really, like, the only CGI is, like, weird, like, lightning or things like that. Yeah, yeah, like the electricity Otherwise, and stuff. Just boss ass puppeteering. Yeah, it was it was and so, movie so, magic. so well done. <laughs> what you laughing for? 
Um, so then we go over to the radio station, um, and we see that basically it's this like segment on this radio show <laughs> where they like allow like they're bringing on just like any sort of like weird things. Yeah. And so we see Seymour waiting in the waiting room with this plant, and there's this woman who's like bending over to like do something, and the plant, Audrey too, wants that cake. And we see oh. we see her like, yeah, de- like dead ass yeah, trying to like eat this woman's ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the radio is W S K I D, like Skid Road yeah. radio. And then we have this, like, old elderly woman with, like, this weirdly locked box. Um, This old man with, like, steampunk wings. This horrifying (laughs) ventriloquist dummy nun with a saxophone. What is... I I was trying to say that. I was like, so is the... What is that? Like, is the ventriloquism (laughs) act playing the saxophone? I've seen some talented ventriloquists. That's that's not how that works. That's not possible. (laughs) Haven't you ever wanted to, like, throw your voice really well? Yes. And I can't do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, super weird. And this, yeah, this plant just wants to, like, eat ass, which... Yeah. Like, you do you, plant. <laughs> um, and then the radio host is Wink Wilkinson. Um, He's so good. I mean, because do you know who he is? I do not. He's John Candy. He's Uncle Buck. He's Barf and Spaceballs. Oh, I see. I know have that you one. Seen pla- have you seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? I've heard of it. I haven't. I don't think I've seen it. With Steve Martin. Uh, oh, Steve Martin's great. Um, yeah. No, John Candy is so funny. Uncle Buck. Remember that Scrubs episode where Mandy Moore like keeps on saying, "That's so That's funny. so funny. That's yeah. so funny," and won't laugh. Um, and Tarko's like, "Maybe you just need to hear it a lot to get used to it." And it's like, how can you guarantee? That someone's going to say that's so funny or laugh all the time. And he's like, we're watching Uncle Buck. <laughs> and uh, so it's the scene. Yeah. He's like, look at the size of that pancake. That's so funny. <laughs> um, that's his movie. He's Uncle Buck. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I knew, I knew the Spaceballs one. I knew that one. Yeah. But, oh, man. <laughs> and then JD is just like, make it stop. <laughs> and he's just like physically dying um, from Mandy Moore. Oh uh, yeah, he he is incredibly impressive. Like, I I can only imagine <laughs> like just like it's the sheer impression. number of things he was doing, along with how quickly he was talking. But just the sheer number of things he was doing for, for all the sound effects and stuff like that. I well, was it's like, radio in the sixties. No, no, I know, and that's why I'm saying like I think it's so cool to like that they had to be able to do that. You know, because yeah. like I think it's so cool how sound effects, like all that type of stuff, was done back in the day when we didn't have all this like. Fancy schmancy technology, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, Seymour comes in, it's his turn. And then, like, Wink is, like, doing some bit about, like, I guess some, like, woman coming in. And he looks so confused. <laughs> and, like, and then when he, like, first starts describing the plan, it's like, you gotta see this thing. I was like, sir, this is an audio medium. <laughs> okay, we say that, but also we do that all the time. Where we do yeah, purely that's why visual I things. It was, like... <laughs> Quintessential relatable content. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. So then he like talks about the store, um, and we cut back to the little shop, um, and we see Mushnik is listening to it, and Audrey comes in to listen to it as well with a sling. With a sling made of like a mesh material, which I was really confused by, but um, makeshift sling. Yeah. Um, 
one one of my favorite interactions in this uh, entire movie is when when he's like, oh, don't tell me you got tied up. And she's like, nope, just handcuffed a little. (laughs) Just like, okay, girl, I see you. And then, like, and then, like, she, like, kind of, like, misses most of it. He doesn't even say the store's name. Uh, he says the name, like, doesn't the he doesn't say the address, which I feel like oh, was very important oh, okay. because they didn't have Google, so. Yet, we still don't know what the name of the store is. <laughs> True. <laughs> because we just don't have, like, you know, the mental capacity for all these things. Based off listeners, um, you know how much we've been drinking. Yeah. But also, like, it's not really important to the story. No, it's not, because we say it's not. <laughs> Indeed, and we are the uh, we are the deciders on all things music and musical. Yeah, we are like the least qualified. Oh, absolutely, not the least, but we're not down there. You know how we, people say it's like, oh yeah, but they're up there. We're down. We're there. down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like, uh, Audrey leaves, and then um, the girls are like. You need to leave that guy. Yeah. And she was like, it's like, no, he'll make him so mad. I don't want to see like what will happen like when he's mad and stuff. And it's like obviously in a very abusive relationship. But like some of the lines they say, because they're like, why don't you like hang out with that nerdy guy? He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Like these, these uh, like girls are, should be considered muses as characters and as muses because they're like telling it how it is. Yeah, and they're just like, hey, and the, and the, even as she's walking away when she goes into the house, like one of them literally says, like she has self image issues. Like, oh yeah, good girl, yeah, she you need some, to. Uh, there's some. You need to therapy. Yeah, something. and then they're like, yeah, but like they're like, you got a point. She's got a problem. Yeah, I was like, hell yeah, girls, telling it how it is. It was very much. um like that scene in Hercules with um, I won't say I'm in love, and they're just like, "Girl, get it together." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so then we get to the song "Somewhere That's Green." I we like the song, and it also gave me sort of like Sweeney Todd by the Sea vibes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's basically it's basically Audrey singing about what she wants for her future and like how her sort of out like, of the current social class that she's in. Yes, how her fantasy future is like she gets together with Seymour and they find a place like in the suburbs they have like a real house like their own yard and everything like kids and like a big enormous 12 inch tv screen (laughs) oh that was so funny (laughs) yeah and so then we see like in this reality that she's thinking of it's very like suburban lifestyle there's like tupperware parties that she has um, what does she say? She like cooks like uh, Betty Crocker and yeah. looks like Donna was... Reed. Donna Reed, yeah. yeah. Um, and then really typecasting their kids. Very. They were just like many them's, many me's, many yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I like to think that like the the son like doesn't have a vision problem. Is like you know you're the boy. You're wearing glasses. <laughs> they were so cute though. Yeah, they were. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I really like this. I thought it was like really separate cute. beds. Yes, as per usual. Um, so the thing that I guess bothered me about this song was that it was like, okay, Audrey, you have this very clear vision of the future that you want, and you could very—I I won't say easily, because it is very difficult to like leave a, an abusive relationship. Like, it's a very difficult situation to be in. Um, 
So I'm not going to say, like, she could easily But also, she's it. always been a part of, like, Skid Row. Yeah, and and I, I just feel like this scene, like, this song kind of frustrated me because it's just, like, you have this very clear vision of what you want and Seymour, like, really loves you and, like, would want this future as well and you can have it. You just have to do something, you know? Yeah, and I think it's, like, which is, like, very hard to do. And I think it is, this is yes. what, like, Crystal was getting to is, like, that girl has, like, self-esteem issues. Like, she, like, understands. It's the kind of thing, like, you need to practice what you pre- preach. Yeah. Because she, like, at one point in the movie, she was like, uh, Seymour, you really need to stick up for yourself. Like, you, like, are worth so much more. Why are you putting yourself down like this? And I was like, that's t- entirely your character to this very point. Yeah. Audrey. Um, and it's also a kind of thing that, like, her dreams um, are, like, what is, like, advertised to her, I think is important to say. That's true, yes. Like, it's literally... It's very much the, like, the like, suburbs, white picket fence, like... Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, we grew up in the suburbs and stuff, but, like, that suburban and, like, that, like, similar... Yeah. With, like, everyone, like, cookie cutter... It actually um, made me think of... Terrifies um, me. It actually made me think of... The Fairly Parents episode when they turn into gray blobs. Ooh, Yeah. It made it made With me think of horrible dentist. Um, oh, horrible dentist! It relates. <laughs> Good job, Campbell. <laughs> it made me think of um, Edward Scissorhands, the mm-hmm. neighborhood in Edward Scissorhands. It made me think of that because just like the way it looked, you know. Yeah. So... And then we go to some fun now, which I okay the what I originally thought this song was going to be compared to like then when you like finally get the joke mm-hmm. was so great because. Uh, the muses to my heart, um, <laughs> where just like singing on the rooftops is like, oh, Seymour's gonna have some fun now that that he's like successful and things like that. Things are going well. Is like really going to like capitalize on that? But then we just see Seymour getting just life drained out, out of him. Yeah, <laughs> like he is just straight up bleeding out. Yeah, and you can see that he's like he's like tired. He like can't keep up. Like he's just like has so many dying. bandages yeah. on him. Yeah, he's just like Act- so. Yeah, he's actively things. dying, trying to <laughs> sustain this plant. Oh man, and it's so so he can like have the life he wants, um, yeah. which is like, I mean, there's other kinds of blood that you can try. Here's my thing: is that like, granted, I don't know how feasibly, like how feasible it would be for an individual to do this, but like, for example, like when you donate blood. They just take out a pint at one time, bag it up, and then store it. And that keeps for, like, a few months. And I just feel like... Well, you're only really supposed to, like, give blood no quicker than every eight weeks. Yes. Yes. But I feel like if he's giving... Like, if he's pricking his fingers to feed this plant, like, you're not getting streams of blood out of your finger. Like, you're getting, like... Droplets. droplets yeah he could just fill up a bag and then use it to feed the plant over a course of time and granted yeah like would that be enough to sustain the plant for until he could healthily get also like, aren't his co-workers concerned <laughs> like you see this man that he's constantly like they, they always talk about audrey come like you know from her bumps bruises broken appendages they like can tell when you're different and i mean this may be like mr mushnick was like oh forget about dinner because like audrey's not coming and like you know sexist like nature and attitudes and attention unwanted attention towards women but like 
this dude is like bleeding out actively in front of your eyes. And every day you see him, he has more bandages and no one is concerned. (laughs) And like, you know where he lives, you know where he goes. You said you can only take care of this plant and this is how he ends up. Yeah. They just do not care about him. (laughs) They do not care. Um, Yeah. Okay. So then we get into, so we see that he's like very forgetful. He's um, sort of like, been neglecting a lot or not necessarily actively neglecting his work just like forgetting things like forgetting about jobs and like requests from clients and stuff like that because he's bleeding out and dying um we see that he had forgotten that he was supposed to have an arrangement made for this one client and so he goes to audrey and which they say like she has a bunch of old friends like it's like such like a money grab for funerals like if you go right for this one they're going to be called for all of them yeah yeah. Which I do think is interesting, because I was like, what does Audrey do here? She arranges she does flower the arrangements. arrangements. Yeah. She does the arrangements. And yeah. also, inter- like, you know, if people don't know, like, White Lilies was, like, the arrangement. I love the glue and the glitter that she throws at it. Okay, but she like, just throws the... Okay, so she... She's an artist, Raven. <laughs> she just throws Have you arranged flowers glitter. before? But here's my thing. But here's my thing. She didn't sprinkle the glitter onto the glitter. She threw it, which means there is now glitter all over that table. She's an artist. And she just dusted off her hands and moved on. Also, the arrangement was just, like, five calla lilies with a glitter thrown on them. Um, yeah. It's really interesting because this is when Audrey is like, Seymour, you need to raise your expectations. <laughs> okay. and I'm like, shut the fuck like, up. Like, you would be the last person to be like, talking to him about this. But at the same time, like, I don't want to say that about a woman that's being abused. Yeah. It's hard. She like under, she does understand like she's no good for her, but she does see him as her like way out and she's scared. So, I guess I take back what I said, but like come on. Yeah. Also, I do want to point out that the arrangement she made for this funeral um was just five lilies with glitter thrown on them. And she's like, then they're like, they're flirting like over a death arrangement. Yes. Which is um, foreshadowing from the original ending to this musical, not the ending that is from here. Which was? We're going to get to it when we get to the ending, Raven. Silly Raven. Kicks her for ribs. What? (laughs) Okay, it's a Simpsons reference that, like, you know, Silly Rabbit. Tricks for kids. kids, yeah. Um, but it was like this episode where like Homer is like the mayor's having this Easter egg like hunt for like toddlers and kids and stuff, and like Maggie is like trying to get eggs and everyone's picking them from her, and then Homer like picks her up and starts stealing eggs from like children, like for Maggie because like do it for her kind of thing. And then at some point the Easter Bunny like tells like stop doing this and gets into like a fist fight. With, like, the guy in the Easter Bunny costume. And he's like, silly rabbit. Kicks her for ribs. It, like, kicks him in the ribs. <laughs> Which is something I saw as, like, a child and has stuck with me more so than, like, most things I've learned in school. So. Now I want ribs. I think there's really a lot of barbecue things here. Meat is murder, that. Raven. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. So Just kidding, listeners. It's... Not nah, there's ways to like consume mute sustainably. In oh, absolutely! People. I've been doing it for like centuries. So, um, so then we meet. There might be something that happens in between this, but the next thing I have down is that we meet um, the dentist, Audrey's boyfriend, who uh, is 
Steve Martin, uh, whom okay, I so, love. <laughs> I mean, everyone should because he is so funny. Cheaper by Steve the Martin. dozen remains okay, let, one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay, so like I know he was also like voiced uh, Hotep. Uh, no, Prince he. Of Egypt. Hoy yeah, no, he, no, he did. He did voice Hotep. Uh, okay. Hoy was voiced by another comedian. Martin Short. Yes. Um, so, okay, so we have Steve Martin, who plays um, Orrin Scrivello, DDS. Um, and so, just some, like, other um, credits of his that I, like, I tried to, like, not say, like, other than Prince of Egypt. But, like, he was also, you know... Father of the Bride, fantastic movies. Pink Panther. Um, Pink Panther. And then I will say Gavin Valor again. Um, but, <laughs> so, he's, like, kind of, like, a bad boy on, like, a motorcycle. And then it's, like, Steve Martin. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're really out of touch of reality here. <laughs> as soon as I recognized um, it was Steve Martin, I was like, I no longer take this character seriously. <laughs> yeah, but then you do again. Um, so, then we get to the song. Um, Dentist. Dentist. Where we, like, find out about his backstory that he's, like, you know, one, like, skip, hop, jump away from a serial killer. Yes. Um, where he talks about he used to, like, shoot puppies with BB guns, killing guppies, crushes cats' skulls. Um, and then he, like, punches the shit of, out of that dental hygienist. Yes. Which, do you know who played her? Because this will blow your mind. No. Okay. So... Miriam Margoyles. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. She's Professor Sprout. <gasps> what? She's from the Age of Innocence. She, I mean, the most, such a celebrated actor. Um, that's who played that dental hygienist. And, and again, like the first customer in the shop, these characters, like, that have, like, kind of, like, throwaway lines or jokes and yeah stuff there's just like, like one-liners and yeah um just had such an impact on me yeah and i was like who is this person oh also like uh beatrice reading um she like sang just like the intro to skid row and that's it for the entire movie but i was just like i have to know who this is when i like i was like wait no this can't be right and i go back to like you know on imdb um and I go to like 1986, and I was like, "Oh no, this is her!" Yeah. And crazy. So this guy, he was like, you know, growing up to be a serial killer, but like wants to make his mom proud. So what pr- occupation does he have? He's a dentist. He's a dentist, which is so he relishes and causing pain to his patients. Very Brian Cranston as a dentist. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, Brian Cranston. Oh man, I love Brian. Um, I do. I do think it's very interesting. I like. I literally gasped when he punched the dental hygienist in the face. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> my only thing about this song and the scene was that um, I really could have done without the mouth thing. When like it's like oh, from the perspective, so it's, I did not. I did not. Oh, care I for hated it. that. Okay, so at some point, like he's like doing like all these like know dental work on people and he's like they're like what about that is it dental work or is it just torture with medical it's devices torture. <laughs> torture with medical benefits um and at one point like he's like drilling into this guy's mouth so we see the perspective from in the mouth to like him and i think it's crystal or like some of the other muses to my heart um like singing like, yeah as a part of the song dentist it's an exclamation 
point in it. Um, Did not care for it. Yeah. And I was just like, this is, I was like, this is just gross. And then he has a shrine to his mother, which is like suspect. Like, everyone should love their mothers, but. It's weird to after a certain point. Also, I do think it's interesting. Well, not everybody. The people that have like good mothers should like, a, like, cherish love and, and appreciate, and yes. appreciate those. Um, but I do think. Shouts to Kelly McCauley. Um, I do think my mother does not listen to this podcast and I don't want her to, but I do love her and she's oh. an angel. <laughs> She's going to listen to this eventually, Raven. I kind of hope she doesn't. But um, I do think it's interesting that he makes Audrey call him doctor. Um, oh, it's so gross. It is gross. But I, I find it interesting because, like, a lot of people, not as much now because, like, chiropractics and, like, acupuncture have been on the rise. And so a lot of people, like, target those. But a lot of people don't consider dentists, like, doctors. Um, especially like back in like the sixties and stuff, like a lot of people don't consider dentists like real doctors. Like they're just like, you're just a dentist, you're not an actual doctor. And so I find it interesting that that was his like little ego stroke of like making her call him doctor all the time. Oh yeah. Um So she's like, excuse me, doctor. Because like Seymour like meets him now. Um also he just gets high off of nitrous oxide all, all the, time. the time. Problematic. And then and then he, like, says to Seymour, like, you gotta train them, and, like, pushes her. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, it's, it's like... I it's, wanted it's to jump lot. through the screen and punch him. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, good job, Steve Martin. Um, <laughs> A-plus then, actor. Then we get to the song, Feed Me, Got uh, Get It. Oh, my um, gosh. Okay. And it's... The plant's lips, at this point, make me deeply uncomfortable. Did not care for it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Um, and so the plant is like huge now and it's, it's like talking for the first time to Seymour is like, feed me. So it's voiced by, uh, uh, Levi Stapps, mm-hmm. the subs, um, who, oh my God. He's, he's big. He's talented. The lead singer of the four tops is yes. the only thing you need to know. Yes. Um, what a voice. And he's like one of those, you know. Like, one of those people, like, lead singer of a group that has been, like, petitioned to be like, oh, don't be in your band anymore, you can go solo. And he was like, no, no. why would I do that? Yeah. We're a group. And I'm like, uh, so much respect for him. Yes. Um, rest in peace. Also, um, during this song, I don't know if you felt this as well, but, like, I got that episode of Family Got, no, the episode of American Dad, where <laughs> CeeLo Green voices the hot tub. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of those vibes during the scene. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, um, man. And so this is a very, like, rock and roll, kind of bluesier, like, song. Yeah. Um, and he's, like, saying Seymour, it's like, I need more blood. It needs to be fresh. What you got is not enough. Um, and this is, oh, I wrote down how many people operate him because, okay. So the puppeteering from this is crazy so it took it very elaborate to like make it like come to life um so the cgi is really like kind of like the electrical like sparks in the final scene mm-hmm. um but like to us it looks like it's being puppeteered at the like the same time as like the characters are moving but like i've read like a few sources that have said like um 
it, the puppet can only move at a certain speed. So it'll be like singing, talking, being operated at like 16 frames per second. So everyone else would like have to like act in like slow motion. Oh. Kind of thing. So that like it like appears to be like going at the same rate. At the same rate. Wow. That's wild. Okay. And so this is the point. Like I know when he becomes like, or I don't know the gender of this plant. The, the plant becomes, um, like, even bigger by the end and probably more puppeteers involved. But there's, like, 22 puppeteers involved for Audrey 2. Oh, shit. Here are their names because they should be celebrated yes. with how good they are. Anthony Asbury, Brian Henson, Mac Wilson, Robert Tigner, Sue Dacre, Dacre, uh, David Barclay, Marcus Clark, Paul Springer, David Greenaway, Toby Philpot, Michael Bayliss, Michael Barclay, Don Austin, uh, Chris Leith, William Todd Jones, Terry Lee, Ian Tregening, John Alexander, Michael Quinn, James Barton, Ronnie LeDrew, and Graham Fletcher. That's like... They operated... I Bobby. can't even imagine how much work went into Amazing. that. Like, that's Amazing. so cool. And, and like, I'm stuff- a big Muppet fan. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. Oh, that'll come up later. Um, But stuff like that, I think, is always so cool with, like, the different things that people have to go through and different things that they have to figure out, like, make workarounds for, for movies. It's, like, it's so cool to learn, like, how much, how much effort went into making even just, like, a single scene in a movie. Cheers. Cheers. Drink number three. And okay, so this is like one of Ooh. the first drinks. I had we're not having. been putting enough lime juice in the last two drinks because I can really taste the lime now and it's delicious. This is like one of the few drinks that I know before, like when we like get to a certain kind of drunk, um, I don't like care about the proportions. Mm-hmm. But I think the proportions are so crucial to this, and I yes. really like the proportion of this that like every single time I'm like, this I've been is measuring we're every it. single time. Because I was yeah. like, I was like, one, I feel like the drink deserves it and also needs it. Oh, and this drink deserves it. <laughs> yes, it deserves actual measuring and portioning as opposed to just drunk and raving. thought and consideration <laughs> instead of like you know, beer and rub, pour shit in the glass. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is like well, a well thought out cocktail, and so yeah. we'll do it justice. Okay, so yeah, so we're. In Feed Me, and, like, we, um, the plant, Audrey 2, is talking about, like, okay, well, you are not enough to sustain me, so you're going to need to find somebody, kill them, chop them up, and feed them to me. And at this point, kill the plant. Kill the yes. wabbit. Kill the wabbit. Um, just kill the plant. And, like, I think uh, what Audrey 2 says, like, I'm your genie, is, like, very much, very in line of what Audrey 2 is for Seymour. Because, like, again, metaphor for, like, his, uh, RG2's growth is Seymour's, like, greed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, genies, not the Aladdin kind, but, like, the, what you wish for is, like, with the negative connotations, a really cool retro car just drove past me that looks like it shouldn't be functional (laughs) and will explode after it, like, goes another (laughs) block, but that was cool. So, hopefully they don't die. Okay. Um. But yeah, no, like, actual genies, like, yeah, like, they twist your wishes and, like, everything you, it's, like, what you thought you wanted, like, you might get it, but there's always a negative to it, and it's always That's not like, I wish for want. a million bucks, and then, like, deer trample you to death. 
Yes. Um, and then, like, Ajitu's like, show a little initiative. <laughs> and it's just like, again... If it wasn't the dentist, Steve Martin's character, um, Orn, that they were, like, targeting, at first I was like... You can't kill someone, but then it was like him, and I was like, "Well, okay." <laughs> it's like, "Well," like I see what you're going for. I see how you can manipulate someone to do this because, like, they shouldn't be a person. Yeah, it was um, very much like I keep relating like every scene in this movie to one of the musicals you've already done, but it very it's much, hard not to. Yeah, it very much reminded me of in Doctor Horrible Sing Along Vlog when he's just like, "Oh, I have to kill like they the the." Organ- the evil league of evil or whatever it was was like yeah. oh you have to dark kill horse someone. the thoroughbred of sin which <laughs> is like you have to kill someone like there's no we're not letting you in unless you like murder someone um yeah. and so he was just like well if i have to kill someone you know i know who it's gonna here's, be here's the, yeah exactly and like so like this song it's very like rock and roll um and like levi stubbs does just like such a good job um but the some of the lines um, are just so funny and so like sassy. Like uh, you have so many strong reserve like reservations. Tell it to the Marines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh-huh. And like basically, uh, Seymour is like, "Should I murder people? Like, should I? he's like, I can't, but like, should and I?" And then sees like the silhouettes of like Audrey and Orin, um, uh, Doctor. Um, <laughs> Or once and, again abusing her. Yeah, and then he like oh, he like drives off uh, like a motorcycle, and he like gets off while it comes to a stop. And I was like, okay, that's a cool move. I I, I get it. I. But then she yeah. fell off the motorcycle, and he, he just kept left. driving. He just got, and then got mad at her for falling off. Like, oh my gosh. Man. Um, yeah, so then we see we're in um, Oren's dentist's office, and we see oh, Bill Murray of all God. people. <laughs> Surprise, Bill Murray. If you don't know who Bill Murray is... Again, how? <laughs> that That's on you. But just to name a few credits, you know, like Ghostbusters, um, Caddyshack, Meatballs, Groundhog Day, Space Jam... Fantastic Mr. Fox, which everyone should see. Mm-hmm. Moonrise Kingdom, Saturday Night Live, Zombieland. Um, Excuse you, okay. sir. Osmosis Jones. Osmosis Jones. <laughs> I don't like thinking of that because that was so disgusting. I and, love like, that so movie visceral. so much. No, I love the movie and I love the TV show. But like, I remember like the scene when he's like eating that hard boiled egg. Oh uh, yeah, that is a little. Is gross. like what I think of, and I was like, I can't think about that. That's fair. That's totally um, fair. Okay, so we yeah we have this guy um arthur uh dentist i think his name which is funny because like (laughs) on the stage musical this character is not in it but i think in the 1960s film there is this character with a different name but it was played by jack nicholson interesting okay so this dude is just horny for pain yeah he's Um, masculine yeah, he's a masochist. He's like, comes which is interesting be- because Audrey says that uh, Oren is a sadist. That's true. Um, and so Bill Murray's just like, 
you know, really getting off to having dental surgery, as one does. Mm-hmm. Naturally. Um, naturally. 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 Um, <laughs> and, um, Orin is just, like, not about it. Because he wants to, like, in- like, inflict fear and pain onto people, but he likes it. So he's like, get out. Yeah. Although like, I he think- was saving up a root canal for him. He, like, goes to the dentist, like, every day. Apparently, this yeah. This is the one he looks forward to. Uh, Although I do, I do want to say, Steve Martin and Bill Murray in a room together. Like I can only imagine what it would be like to be with the two of them. Like it just, uh hilarity. Yeah. Well, okay. So some of my notes. Um, it's it's funny that like uh, Bill Murray's character, like he thought it was a pocket square, but like he had his own like bib. Yeah. And he has his own, like, you know, like... Like the, the things that hold your mouth. Yeah. Gauze the cushions, yeah. Um, and I wrote, so horny, singing, dash moaning, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Page turn. Um, it, like, for me, it, like, towed the line between I am uncomfortable and also this is funny, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, oh, and also something in, like, Feed Me... Um, Seymour, like, agrees and starts singing with Audrey, too. It's like, yo, I'm gonna kill this guy. And by the um, end, he's actually really excited to do it. Yeah. Which, like, hmm, questionable. Yeah. Um, for murder, if you think that way. Don't wanna, you know, <laughs> throw my opinion in there. Well, I think but, we have uh, said in a previous episode, like, people shouldn't murder people. So, like, listeners, again, don't murder. But, like, the judge definitely needed to die. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, okay, so then, like, Seymour is, like, waiting, um, in the dentist office. He has a gun, and he just, like, hears what he assumes two men having sex. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, poor Seymour. And then I was, I wrote, not the hand on the back, like, he's getting, like, <laughs> drilled, Bill Murray, and he, like, puts his, like, hand, like, oh, and yeah. Steve Martin's, like, back, and I was like, oh, God. Um, and then, um, yeah, he hates him because he's not scared, kicks him out, and then, like, gets Seymour in it. And, like, he doesn't care, like, doesn't matter if he remembers Seymour or not. Um, he was just like, I need to terrify someone, and he shows that horrible picture of that mouth. <laughs> yeah, what was on- that? And he was yeah. like, this will happen to you without proper care, and I was like, no, it will not. Like, yeah, and then we have that, like, he brings out, like, an antique, dull, rusty drill. Which will give you tetanus. Yeah, and I'm just like, Seymour, shoot him. <laughs> he literally, in the waiting room, he literally pulled the, like, or not in the waiting room, in the room when uh, Steve Martin had his back turned, he literally took out the gun and then, like, put it back. Like, waited yeah. a second and put it back. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You came here to kill him. And then Steve Martin really wants to enjoy himself, so he, like, puts on his special gas mask that he's just, like, you know, constant supply of nitrous oxide. Yeah. And then he turns into the Joker, um, <laughs> and he, like, asphyxiates to death. He's like, are you going to help me? And he, like, has a gun. He's like, oh, you're not going to help me. He starts laughing and stuff, and he's like, why um aren't you gonna help me it was like because of her and then like steve martin's character like does understand it's like oh her and then he dies yeah yeah which i was like how lucky for seymour that he just died on his own you know yeah like how convenient he's so lucky 
He's a star. Um, hyphen Britney Spears. Um, and then what a kind of, like conspicuous way to drag a dead body downstairs. I was like, how is no one alley. seeing this? Like it's I, a body no. shaped package. Like yeah. it's it's not it's not um, obfuscated in any way. Chop him up. Chop him up. <laughs> Chop. He could have just like fed him like in its entirety. Cause, to yeah, because we, we see that enough. we see that the plant can swallow a person whole. So like I don't understand why he went through the trouble of chopping him up and traumatizing himself and Mister Mushnick. And then we see very much like psycho Alfred Hitchcock silhouette shower curtain. Yeah, with, with an like, axe, axe instead of a knife. Yeah, and Mister and Mister Mushnick like sees him like chopping something off. He goes peeks and he's like chopping off a person, a, a body. Yeah gets naturally very concerned also he like when he's like feeding audrey too he like puts his like whole arm in and i'm like that's dangerous get a net <laughs> get like put it on like a stick like what are you doing you know that this plant eats people because you're feeding it a person so i don't know why you would risk your own arm yeah and so he's like panicked can't sleep here's yeah. the police radio yeah um, I don't remember what happens. So I remember he goes talk to Audrey. The police just talk to Audrey. That's right, because then we see Audrey come to him. I was cueing you to like continue it because I feel like I've been talking too much. I disagree, and you just like did not pick up on it. So, I like, didn't because I couldn't. On, I couldn't remember what happened directly yeah. after that. Um, yeah. So then, yeah. So the police talk to Audrey, and she is like pretty much hysterical about the fact that he's dead and it's just like but he he was abusing you like i don't and i understand that you can still form an attachment love is a fickle thing yeah like i totally understand that you can still form an attachment you can still like like actually love and like have feelings for someone that is incredibly toxic for you and that is abusive like all other stuff but it's still just like we've talked about like we've we've seen uh somewhere somewhere that's green like we've we've seen what her ideal future is and what she wants for her life and she's like you now that he's out of the picture you can actually have that so this this is also the first time i've like noticed that seymour has well-fitting clothes (laughs) um because he can like afford them oh yeah (laughs) um yeah so then so we see um audrey talking to seymour and he's um Kind of just like, hey, you know, don't be sad. He's like, he could be dead. He deserves it. Yeah, like he does deserve it. He was horrible to you, and also, I'm here for you. And then we get into suddenly she like, and then she does feel bad. Yeah, because she was like, if something did happen to them, I think I would feel like it's my fault because I would think it's a miracle that I wish for something bad to happen to him. Oh, it's very much like perks of perks of being a wallflower. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, she would save a lot of money on Epsom salts and ace bandage. Uh-huh. Um girl. Which is like yikes. Um and she was like, I can't find a nice guy for you. I was like Literally the one directly in front of your face. Um And then just like I met him like in the gutter. Which apparently which is, a, is club? a night spot, it's a club. <laughs> um yeah, and then, like, exactly, you, where you get into the song, Suddenly Seymour. I love, I love this song so, I mean, easily the best song. Do you think movie. it's weird he's singing in third person? 
I did think it was weird at first. Um, Instead of he saying, like, suddenly me. But, okay, so I, I did think it was weird at the beginning when, once I realized, like, oh, this is suddenly Seymour, and I was like, but he's singing at least the first part. I did think it was a little weird, but also I feel like it still fits with the song. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah, and I feel like... And that kind of complex he's created for himself at this point. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I feel like um, for him... Because I also feel like I also feel like one of the reasons he's singing in third person is because it's more of like him presenting himself to her. So it's more of like him saying, "Hey, look at this guy. This guy being me, you know." And and I do like how it's like suddenly Seymour, which it feels like to him, but like to her, it wasn't sudden. It wasn't like, this sudden. Is just, th- this is just how she felt, and like suddenly, the like it is suddenly the like. The possibility has, is open. Has presented itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but to him, he was like, oh, she has never thought about me this way. And it was like, that's not true. She has thought about him this way Since, when she first started working. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really liked that part about, because to me, it, like, it really speaks to how um, you, like, one, you never really know what's going through another person's mind. And it also speaks to that whole, like, just go for things. Like, both, like, both Audrey and Seymour in this movie to me, have people just like, a lot of the issues in their life would be fixed if they just went for what they wanted. And it's the whole thing of like, well, yeah, like the worst thing they can say is no, but also you never know what a person's true thoughts and feelings are until you ask them or until you speak up and say something. And yeah. so once they actually spoke up and said something, you know, they, they got what they wanted. They got their happiness. The only other. thing I don't like about this song is when he's like, "You don't need no, don't need makeup," and I'm like, "Well, maybe she likes it. Maybe this is yeah." Herself. Like they're... that's the only per- part I was just like, "Okay," um, like I understand like the like kind of like quote unquote like gaudy makeup maybe would have been for like Orn or like for other people to like seem desirable and stuff, but like stop like projecting that kind of like view on her. If you just like her for her and like like still likes her for the choices she makes, just like accept that. Yeah. Like you don't have to comment about it anymore. Yeah. Um and then she starts singing and oh my god. The voice, the pipes on this girl. Oh yeah. And I feel like, I feel like when she, at the very beginning when she first started singing, like, you heard her, like, her voice, like, her strong voice. But then it felt like she was, like, trying to still do, like, Audrey's voice, like, maintain that character persona. But then when she sang again, she was just like, no, I'm just, I'm doing it. Yeah, you know? because I think it's really interesting, because at first when she's singing, it's, like, still kind of like Audrey's voice. Um that she's just like, oh, you've been such a good friend. And I wrote down, I was like, oh, just a friend. I, like, wrote that, sadly, on my notes. But then she's, like, still talking through it. And then they sing together, Seymour's your man. And it's just, like, that original Audrey, scared, um, self-conscious, like, kind of nasally voice is completely yeah. gone. Yeah. So she, like, not only accepts, like, something, what she thinks is, like, good in her life, but she's also like accepting that she's worth it and is like really showing herself. Exactly. Which I yeah, which was, was really, really well communicated through her like tone of her singing. Yes, and I, I really like how well she did that, and it, to me, it just even more emphasizes her talent. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so then then we're back at um, so then they they are like oh like we're gonna get married is that here no not yet not yet no uh, we get we get to uh, we see Mister Mushnik and he's like freaking out because he like saw him like chop up a body yes uh, this and, and he's he, like I'm gonna send you to the police like blah 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 yeah and I was just, and we get into the song Supper Time um and he's like I I you're like almost like a son. But, like, let's not tell the police. But it, because, again, it's not like he has dismissed his morality. Yeah. Which is a common theme for, like, people, like, struggling in, like, the times of, like, of these characters. And they're suspending morality for capitalistic gains. Um, and he's like, I'll give you, a, like, a one-way ticket out of town. Just tell me how to take care of the plant. And then, like, in the future, you can come back. Um, once the stuff has like died down and like you're not a suspect and like all that stuff yeah and then Seymour is just like oh yeah just feed it uh, minerals and just like slowly walking towards him and you can see um, Audrey 2's like mouth maw I guess like slowly maw is a good word for that good good job Raven thank you Uh, does he have teeth at this point because there was like a time that he was like eating stuff and he didn't have like very sharp teeth I think it was after Orn was eaten I think he has teeth now. Okay, yeah. so um, just backing him up, and then like Audrey too slurps him up good. <laughs> yeah, he does indeed slurp him up. And then the girls are like singing, like you know, supper time, and like how they're like dancing, like into the shadows. I'm like, it was with so it. I'm cool with the little finger it. snaps. Yeah, they, those three can do no wrong oh my um, in anything ever. I am just so in love with their performance. It was. It's it unfair was so that such talented people exist in the world <laughs> as those three women. Oh, and then the way they just like perfectly like melded back into the shadows. Exactly. I was oh. just like, I like literally wrote down. The girls into the shadows, like it was like stood out to me as much as like any song. Yeah, that's how I was like. It was just oh, so, so perfect, and it was it was the perfect tone as well because they were just kind of like whisper singing supper time in the background, and like it was perfectly in time with uh, Seymour like backing Mr. Mushnik up into Audrey too, and also just like when you started like this like it started at the perfect time because like when it started. You know, at first, like, it took me a second to realize, like, what they were saying. I didn't really think anything of it when the plant said, oh, like, it's supper time, whatever. I didn't really think anything of it at the time. I was like, he's just always hungry. It's like, whatever. But then when, like, they started singing it, like, that's when you catch on, like, oh, I see what's happening. Yeah. 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 And then again, shout out to the 22 credited puppeteers for Audrey 2, because, like, that's crazy. So then we get into, like, we start seeing him, like, becoming famous. Yeah, and, like, all these different, um, like, magazines and, uh, like, TV shows and stuff like that, like, want to work with him and have, like, give him his own show, put him on magazine covers, like, all sorts of stuff with the plant. And I think it's interesting because they show him on three different magazine covers, and you can kind of see, like, on the first cover, he is very much just very Seymour, just like what what is happening, what I do, like blah blah blah. And then on the second one, he's just like kind of just like a little confused. And on the third one, he's actually kind of like smiling, like confidently. Maybe not confidently, but like smirking a little bit. 
And I found it interesting. I'm like, it's like, as this is going on, like, yeah, he's still not, he's still not necessarily want it, but you can definitely see that he is, at the very least, liking the fact that he's getting all these enjoy- and getting all the, you know? Yeah. So it's like, and also like the name of the song, The Meek Shall Inherit. Yes. Is a reference to the scripture, obviously, but. Yeah. Which is definitely very, really interesting. Um, talking about like, you know, he is like the meek and like from his like dirty deeds, like the rewards he's gaining that we see like Aja 2 again, like needs to be fed. Um, then like, he's like freaking out, uh, like in the alleyway and then Audrey comes up to him. It's like, so daintily and gingerly slaps him across the face, pats his face. And I was like, nice slap Audrey. (laughs) Um, and so he's basically like, yeah, they're coming back with money. And it's like, let's take the money and run. Yeah. I'm like, smartest thing you've said. Literally said this entire movie. Because like, dude is being straight up extorted by a plant. Like, And so, um, he like tells us like, stay here, stay somewhere safe and I'll like take care of it. And then we go see Audrey two again when he's like trying to like sneak out, um, and there's so many like vines and roots. I was like, use another door or exit yeah. way from right in front of the plant. And he's like, feed me. And I, th- I, I wrote, I wrote down nice teeth here. So maybe this is where he maybe had this is his, where the like, first time. Yeah. But my yeah. thing is like, he could still have just walked up the door. Like, he could have just ignored him completely and just walked out the door. You didn't need to be able to any of this. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so Audrey 2 calls Audrey, like, reveals himself, and she, like, looks across the street, and he's, like, laughing. It's well lit in the store, so I assume she's not the only one that can see this plant monster. (laughs) Yeah, like, talking on the phone, very obviously animate. And, yeah, so he, I don't And then, like, he also, like, after he, like, calls, he, like, hits the thing to get, like, change from the call. It's like, why do you need change? You're a plant. You don't need money. So that's hilarious. Um, and then we get into Supper Time 2, where... He wants to eat Aud- her. And just assaults her yeah. sexually. It was weird. I didn't like it. Because he's a, we've it's been established he's a pervert. It has, indeed. Because he wanted that cake. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Not even his birthday. Not, it's not even his birthday. Um, so, yeah. So then he tries to eat Audrey. And... Seymour comes like running back and like pulls her out all sort of stuff, and then um like chew your food plant, <laughs> Kimble. <laughs> like I'm, but like I like I'm glad she didn't die, but whatever. He was just but, trying like, to swallow her whole. He was just trying to swallow her whole. You have teeth. You can chew. You have. I assume. To be fair, he's new to kind the of, teeth. Was it called uh, salicylic acid? Like, is that the digestive Salicylic? like? Also, salicylic acid is aspirin, isn't it? Let's look it up. But the the acid, at least in a human's stomach, is just hydrochloric acid. No, salivary amylase. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, makes sense. That, like, breaks down, like, proteins and stuff in your That's mouth. an enzyme, um, sir, not an acid. Uh, yeah, I, I am incorrect. <laughs> um, but that's what I was thinking. Um, none of this is important. But <laughs> Well, we are like, chemical engineers, so I feel like it, it checks yeah, out. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I, excuse you, madam, I am an environmental engineer. That is true. Pushes glasses up nose. Cool. 
So yeah, Supper Time 2, it's very like uh Audrey 2 is confronting Audrey. It's like, yo, this is like really what's happening. And then we like Seymour saves her, finds out uh Audrey's like liked him for the first time she started working there. And then we get into the suddenly Seymour reprise. I love this bit. And this at this <laughs> point I'm just like, okay, show him up. Is because that what you're thinking? You know- one, yes, because you know she's going to. But <laughs> because also, he like starts singing again, and then out of nowhere, she's just like belts his face off. Yes, but I love how they're just like seeing because like normally when something like this happens, it's like oh, it, it is like a whole reprise of the song, and it's like they're again just like singing out their love for each other. Uh, but then like as they're doing that like a random dude just like walks over she's like um excuse me if you kids could just stop singing for like two seconds um <laughs> i just love how like they actually get interrupted because i feel like the only thing that ever bothers me about musicals is that i i love musicals that do play on this but like so often it's like no one acknowledges the fact that these people are just singing in the middle of the street during a oh, normal yeah. day. And I love how they actually had this guy walk up and be like, um, yeah, ex- excuse me, t- t- if, if you two kids could just quit singing for like two seconds, I have a proposal for you. And I love how like, he just stops them. Like he just completely interrupts them. And I love it. 100%. <laughs> um, and so like this character, like Patrick Martin, um, played by like Paul Dooley, um, is like trying to it's like oh you're such a huge success this is what we should do we should take cuttings of Audrey too and like sell them across America yeah it's like little like to- like kids toys and stuff like that and at this like and here's like some of the di- like there's some differences before it but like here's like a main difference between like the original ending and like what was presented so in the original ending. Um, he already has a cutting of the plan. He's like, I'm going to do what I want with it. And, um, before that, like, Audrey is eaten up by Audrey too. And it was like, like, almost eaten up, pulled out, critically wounded. Tell Seymour is like, feed me to Audrey too so you can be successful. Yeah. Does that. And then, like, he's super depressed and, like, he feeds himself to Audrey too. And then the the girls are like help um Patrick to like get cuttings of it, sell them across America. Um and then everyone has him and like some people are like being fed, so like basically the plants like take up the world. Yeah. Um and like in the like last song, um there's it's the fun final song is called Don't Feed the Plants. And so Audrey I saw too that is on like huge on, on like is on like the Statue of Liberty or something like that, and the musical ends with like the faces like in like buds of Audrey too of like Orin, Mushnik, mm-hmm. Audrey and Seymour, um, and they're like begging people it's like whatever uh, the plant says, do not feed don't us. Don't feed it, yeah. Yeah, don't feed the plants, and so they like reveal their face uh, faces, begs not to be fed. Um, However, um, this, it was like a 23 minutes for like the true ending. It was, it was filmed, but like the audiences and like the preview screenings like did not like it. So they refilmed what we'll be talking about this current ending for this movie. Yeah. 
But like basically the musical, like I, like the, the the main characters, they all die. Yeah, they they get eaten uh, up by okay. Audrey too. Yeah, that's really cool. I find that I find that interesting because like yeah, like all of the issues in this movie would have been solved. Not all, literally all of them, but like all the issues around the plant in this movie would have been solved if he had just not fed it. It yeah. just would have died. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're like, uh, Seymour's like, no, he should not. Worldwide, like, Audrey 2's, like, everywhere, absolutely not. They're, it will not be bigger than Hula Hoops. <laughs> and so then Seymour's like, I gotta stop it. You can't help me. I have to do this by myself. Stupid. Yeah. Like every horror movie. And then we get into Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. Which I, I actually really liked this song. I found it, like, kind of like. I don't know how to describe it. I found it like a very much almost mother knows best type, but just like, hey, I'm the one who's really in charge here. Um, I'm the one. Like calling- this was the plan all along. Yeah, like I'm calling the shots. I've already started. Like I've already really taken you over. So how hard do you really think it's gonna be for me to do everything else in my plan? You know exactly. And also like. How weak are you to like give up the gun like that? And why does a plant with like that's so carnivorous like need a gun? Legit. Um, and so like find out like this was Audrey 2's plan all along that it's like a mean green mother from outer space. Like during the eclipse, it like came from like outer space to like conquer the world, mm-hmm. which is interesting because like in the 1960s film, it's not an alien plant. Interesting. I assumed no. it was always alien because it came no. like from random. I, it, I, I did. Okay, so I did think it was interesting when the plant sings like "I'm a mean green mother from outer space," and he says, and, he, and you see, Seymour be the like, subtext oh, from outer is space. motherfucker. Yes, listeners, um, and you see Seymour be like, "Oh, from outer space." I'm like, it's a random plant that showed up out of nowhere during a solar eclipse that eats that people. That was not predicted. That was not predicted I, like, that eats people. Probably. I don't think it was ever said, but I assumed it was like whatever like mothershipped uh, like blocking the sun. Probably, honestly. Because like solar eclipses um, don't just happen. <laughs> no. And then how many bullets did it shoot? Did you think about that? Way more than that gun could hold. <laughs> Okay, I literally, like, how many bullets uh, do you have? And I wrote, Raven will check. Because um, <laughs> it seemed like a thing you would check out, and I, like, didn't feel like it. I mean, I'm pretty sure, but, like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, the standard revolver holds, like, six shots. Especially of that type at that time. The standard revolver yeah. holds, like, six shots, but I'm pretty sure he fired, it's definitely more than six shots. Like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, Andy Sandberg. Yeah, um... And then, like, it's like, you really think you can take this down with, like, an axe or a gun or whatever, where it's, like, roots and vines are literally bricking up concrete. Yeah. And, like, the entire structure to this, like, establishment. Like, destroying the foundation of the building. Yeah. And also, like, yeah, when he he first went to grab the gun, I guess, to shoot it, I was just like, what do you think shooting a plant, like, what do you think it's gonna do? It's not a person where it has, like, a singular brainstem that if you, like, Hit that or hit, like, I, I just don't I don't understand what he was trying to accomplish. Like, I know what he was trying to accomplish, but I don't understand the way he w- tried to go about accomplishing it. Leave Molotov cocktail. Yo. True. Just, like, in through the store window. 
I just. I it just would have been like, so much easier. It's like, why do so you have many... to confront him like this? If it's like, this thing needs to die, why give it a chance? Why give it a chance to monologue? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like every villain. Don't give, don't give your villain a musical number. <laughs> Rookie mistake. That's like every villain, especially a musical, is just like, uh, it's like, it's like in, uh, uh, The Incredibles, where he's just like, you son of a bitch, you caught me monologuing. Ah, uh, girl syndrome. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, uh, completely destroys the shop. Seymour is, 100%. like, buried. And then, like, Audrey, like, comes, and then we see, like, his hand comes up, and he has, like, some electrical line and just, like, shocks the plant to death. Also, yeah, um, those special effects. And then it just, just explodes. Wow. but Into also, spores? I, I don't know. I guess? I don't know. But oh, also... Also, the little buds from Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, I really like their harmonies. And then, so it explodes. And then suddenly, Seymour, like, plays in the background. And then, um, yeah, he survives, and he gets married, and he goes to, like, a dream house and stuff. And then we have, like, the Muses to My Heart, or, like, Flower Girls. Yeah. And then we see, at the very end, like, a baby Audrey 2, like, in the flower garden. Yeah. Yeah, like, they get their dream house that Audrey wanted in somewhere that's green. Um, and then, and I feel like it was very much like the Jumanji ending, where, like, you see it just propagating itself again. Yeah. 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 So very much more optimistic ending, Frank Oz's version, as compared to the other versions (laughs) of this musical, where everyone dies and it takes over the world and people are like, don't feed the plants. I feel like that's the more realistic ending. No, it is. And, like, I mean, that's what they filmed first. Yeah. So. So. Uh, Yeah, so I, I really like this movie i do think like, all the songs were like really good especially obviously suddenly seymour um it's so and, funny you like that song the most <laughs> um i think i think suddenly seymour and then the prologue of little shop of horrors is like a uh, very close I'm second obsessed with that song it's, I, so it's the opposite for me but it's like those women um like i know they've had fantastic careers but, like, I hope they're still proud of, like, what they did for Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, because it was so good. Oh, my god, It gosh. was so good. And I think I'm going to be thinking about it for the rest of my life. Like, honestly, listeners, if you haven't watched this movie, I would recommend watching it, if only just to see their performance. For those three. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like, the music um, in this... In this particular version, Frank Oz's 1986 version, was done by Miles Goodman and Alan Menken. So, Miles Goodman, I'll do him first because he's a little less kind of well-known than Alan Menken. Um, so, he's a you know composer for TV and film. Um, he actually had worked with Frank Oz on several other projects, including Little Shop of Horrors. Um, yeah. I think the interesting thing was he actually got into composing through his cousin, who's Johnny Mandel, um, who's another famous... Um, film composer. Is um, he related to Howard Mandel? <laughs> I don't think so, actually. But that would be really funny if he was. Um, but yeah, so he's worked on um, stuff like Teen Wolf, Dirty Rotten, Sco- Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, uh, La Bamba, Sister Act 2, Footloose, oh. and The Muppet Christmas Carol. Which is why oh, I said Muppets okay. would come back so in. I have a lot of thoughts of those credits you just said. <laughs> um, because, like, I do love Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Um, but 
Sister Act 1 is one of my favorite movies of all time. Because it's a perfect movie? It is a perfect movie. Uh, Quote from Nicole Byer, which, who, another person. Also, you on this podcast. Yeah, because I'm quoting her, and I want people to know this is like, I want to credit her because it's where credit is due. That's fair. When I'm listening to one of her, like, I don't know, she has like 20 podcasts, and I (laughs) listen to them all. Um, And when she said that, I was like, it is a perfect movie. Um, Man, Nicole Byer. Um, and it's like one of me and my nannies. It was one of the favorite movies we'd watch together is Sister Act. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, okay. So the other, the other contributor to this movie was Alan Menken, who is amazing. Um, he is to Disney what, like, I don't, even, I don't even know. I can't even think of a comparison from him. I'll just go over him. So, um, he is also a composer, songwriter, conductor, director, record producer. Um, he scored a ton of productions for Broadway and Disney. Um, so among many, many others, he has done The Little Mermaid, both the live action and the original, both Aladdin's, um, he did Hunchback of Notre uh, Dame, Pocahontas, uh, Hercules, Rocky Five, Home Alone 2, Enchanted. Wait, wait, he does, what did you say after, uh, Notre Dame? Uh, Pocahontas and Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> Hercules, Hercules. Um, he's done Enchanted, Tangled, oh, both oh. Beauty and the Beast, Newsies, Captain America, and the best one of the list, Sausage Party. I've never seen Sausage Party. <laughs> um, I love it. That was very satirical, but I do love Sausage Party. I think it's great. So, Alan Menken has, in fact, Egotted. Um, he has won. It would be so funny if I just spat out my drink. <laughs> like, ruin my microphone and everything. He has won. Buckle up, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He has won eight Oscars, 11 Grammys, a Tony, a Daytime Emmy, um, seven Golden Globes, a Drama Desk Award, and two Outer Critics Awards, among many, many, many others. Um, he also is the first person ever to win a Razzie Award and an Oscar in the same year, which I was just like, God damn, good for you. It's yeah. wild. Um, but yeah, so he's, um, he's won, um, awards for like Under the Sea, Be Our Guest, Bell, A Whole New World, Friend Like Me, um, also like, uh, one song with Little Shop of Horrors, like just, very, very um, deserving songs, you know. Okay, now um, while I make Raven listen to things I want her to, we're going <laughs> to like, I oh, know, again, I need to rinse out my mouth, brush my teeth because I'm playing a woodwind instrument so I don't like fuck it up. We will be playing um, My instrument has no such limitations. Yeah, violin. Because it is superior. Um, we will be playing um, an arrangement for violin and clarinet for suddenly Seymour. Obviously. Obviously. Um, and then we'll come back and talk about it and probably argue with each other about it. Be right back. BRB, which I used to think meant bathroom break, bathroom break in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop there. Yeah. I, I think I did okay on that point. I think actually. you did too. I, I felt like, like, when I was playing it, I stopped, okay, so here's my problem with these, is that, like, I'm- The dots, uh, eighth notes to sixteenth notes? Yes. I'm really bad at working out the actual rhythm of it, 
but I was just playing the song in my head. Which... We can go over that without playing. That's true. But also, I feel like... I feel like for the purpose of the podcast, I do want to try to just play it. Because, like, it's going to yeah. be... It's going to be close. Bad. It might not be, oh. like, exactly right. But, like, I feel like the point is not to be completely right, you know? Yeah. So... I'm I'm happy with what I did. Okay, so Okay, let's let's go thirty-two. Okay. Cool. One, two, one, two, three, four. Oh no, wait, can we stop? Yeah. Sorry. Um at the end of where was it? I think at the end of Maybe 54, it was either 54 or 49, whichever, I can't remember which line it was. Um, but at one point, I stopped reading my line and started reading your line. And it obviously was not correct. <laughs> yeah. So, um, where, where, where should we start? Uh, do you want to start at the suddenly see more at 49? Uh, yeah. Okay. One. Two, one, two. That was really good. I think so. We were like we were together for like the entire time. There were like one or two hiccups, but like which I think were my fault. But for the most part, like we were together the entire time, and we actually I did w- end together. I will say, I changed my tempo a lot to keep up with you. Really, I feel like I also changed my tempo to keep up with you, but maybe that's because you have to change to keep up with me. Yes, uh, because especially when it got to the point where we were just playing by ourselves, like, say the difference between 59 and 60, mm-hmm. they were two completely different tempos. That's fair. I couldn't remember what the tempo of that part but was. But regardless of that, I think we sounded good. I think so, too. What a great song. It is a beautiful song. Are we done with the song? Yeah. Can I drink again? Yeah. Okay, cool. I yeah, I think I think this is a totally, totally beautiful song, and I think there's definitely a reason why you know it's it's a very frequently referenced piece and referenced play um in musical. Um like I knew this song long before I ever watched this movie. Um and I think there's definitely a reason for that, and I think it's such, it's, there's so much beauty in it and so much truth in the two characters, Seymour and Audrey, coming together at this moment, um, and choosing happiness together because both of them have painful paths, you know, especially Audrey, you know, recently coming out of an abusive relationship. Both of them have been hurt, both of them are not really sure what to do, who to be, um, and neither of them are very sure of themselves. So I think this song in particular, um, kind of being the song that brings them together is, is a very important part in the musical and just makes for a very beautiful, um, work of art. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate this? I think I would rate this... I think I would rate this a 7. 
Like it's it, pretty good. It falls around the same places like Grease for me. Um, in that like I find it very entertaining and enjoyable, and it has a couple of like really good songs. Um, uh, but I don't think it's ever gonna be like my favorite. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I would rate this like an eight and a half. Okay, that is, that's high for you. Yeah, I really like this. Yeah, it's very um, you. It's, oh no. I'm still thinking about it after the first time I watched it. Like, a lot of parts of it. Um, yeah, I just love it. Yeah. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about? Um, I think that's it. Uh, so, yeah, so I hope you... Happy Halloween! Yeah, happy Halloween. Have some fun. Be safe. Um, definitely check out, um... Velveteen Lounge Velveteen Kitchen. Velveteen Lounge Kitchen. Yes. Um, this recipe is really, really good. I'm so glad they made it. They also have a Yeah, ton we're drinking of our, ones. like, fourth one. Yeah. So. They definitely have a bunch of other ones that are super great. Um, so you should definitely check them out. Um, and yeah, if you like this episode, please follow, encourage other people to listen, um, and check in with us for the next episode. Bye! Bye!